Welcome to the Grow Your Independent Consulting Business Podcast. I'm Melissa Lieberman, a fellow IC and business coach. On this podcast, I teach you to become a consistently booked independent consultant without becoming a pushy salesperson or working 24-7. If I can do it, you can too. Listen on to find out how. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm thrilled you're here. I say that every week and I truly mean it. I get so much good feedback that these episodes have been valuable for you and I hope this one will be as well. This is a hot topic, consulting advisory retainers. I work with a lot of clients on setting up retainers because it's a great part aspect of a business model or it can be even your entire business model. It creates so much more predictability and repeatability. And I can't wait to dive into this consulting advisory retainer roadmap with you today. So that's what we're going to be focusing on. Before we do that, though, I just wanted to share with you something fun that's happening on the personal side. My oldest son, he's now in sixth grade, but when he was in third grade, he qualified for this uh, swim meet in Orlando. And so he and I just went, it was easier than taking the entire family. And we went to Orlando for four days or five days. I can't remember now. And he went to his swim meet, which by the way, was amazing because he swam at sea level instead of at altitude. So <laughs> that was amazing for him and his confidence. And anyway, we went to Disney World for a day, which by the way, I hadn't been there in ages and I had no idea what a complicated situation that was. We just kind of like bought a ticket at the hotel and showed up and realized that it isn't just like a place you show up to anymore. But anyway, it was really fun. And so now my middle child is in third grade. You've heard him on the podcast before. His name is Maverick. And he came to me and said, where's my third grade trip? And so now it's a thing. It's so much fun. I'm so excited. My husband asked if he could come. I said, no, you make your own third grade trip. So it's going to be great. I'm excited. It's happening next week. Maverick and I are going to California to Disneyland. Much easier from here, not quite as complicated as Disney World. And I'm excited just to spend time with just the two of us. So that inspires you at all, whether you have kids or not, but kind of thinking about it as a great way to spend a little bit of time. And if you're having consulting retainers, you're going to have more time. So that's a phenomenal thing. So with that, on the personal front, let's move back into our topic for today, the Consulting Advisory Retainer Roadmap. Whether you want to center your business around retainers, which a lot of consultants do, or you want this to be another service offering in your portfolio, that's what we're going to be focusing in on today, how to do that. Yeah, how to either transition your business fully into retainer or add retainers as another service in your service portfolio. I'm going to walk you through the three steps to make this happen for yourself. So that's what we're going to do. Before we dive into that agenda, I want to point you to a new resource I've created for you. It's called the Retainer Readiness Assessment for Independent Consultants. So you can go over to the URL IC retainer.com. The two letters I see for independent consultants, 
icretainer.com. And when you go over there, I will give you an assessment that I've created specifically for you as an independent consultant, whether you've started offering retainers and you've already been delivering retainers, or whether this is a new service offering you want to add to your portfolio, what the assessment will provide you with is a step-by-step questions that you can answer to give you a very clear picture about where in your business, what opportunities you have to improve the offering, to improve the way you're selling it, to improve the way you're thinking about it, and ultimately to help you to land more retainer work and create that steady stream of income in your business. And quite frankly, I think they're a lot of fun to deliver. I have corporate retainer clients at the moment. I always love having my own corporate clients. I'm not just a coach for independent consultants, but I'm also an independent consultant myself. I think it's so important to continue to include that part of my practice so that I know what's working in the real time from a personal level. And so I have a couple of retainer clients right now, and it's such meaningful work. I was working with one yesterday, and he's a CEO of a business in such a spiral about something that was happening, and it felt virtually impossible to solve. And so we just hopped on an impromptu call and were able to work through it. And you could tell just this incredible weight had been lifted off his shoulders by being able to have a sounding board and someone to talk through what he was trying to accomplish, help him see a different perspective, and in 30 minutes, just see a complete kind of 180. So I don't know about you, but that is so fulfilling to be able to help our clients in that way. So the retainers are not only lucrative, but they're also so impactful and fulfilling. So with that, let's talk about today's agenda. We're going to start off with just very basics. What is an advisory retainer? So we're all on the same page here about what we're talking about today. I'll give you three examples of different types of retainers, advisory retainers. And then we're going to talk about how to design your own advisory retainer. And then we'll talk about how to create your go-to-market strategy. And I will share with you four ways to generate demand as part of your go-to-market strategy. And then we're going to end up with, I'm going to give you a cliffhanger here or a little teaser. We're going to end up with the third part of this, which is the most important component of your advisory retainer roadmap. So that's just a little teaser. I'm not going to tell you what that third part is yet. You'll hear it when we get there. Okay, so let's start off with a retainer. What is a retainer? In the context that we're describing, that we're talking about it today, the way I would define it is a retainer is an agreement between the consultant, that's you, and a client to provide a specific set of services over a defined period of time for a recurring fee. In exchange for your trusted advisor inputs and proactive suggestions and helping them to not only problem solve, but also stay ahead of and see things that they might not be seeing. So the retainer is an agreement between the consultant and a client to provide a specific set of services over a defined period of time for a recurring fee at a very high level. 
So now let's talk about three examples of advisory retainers. Again, just to make sure we're on the same page and also to inspire you to think about what might a powerful, impactful retainer offering look like for you. So the first example, I'm going to call it pure access. Pure access. You're serving as an expert, a thought partner, a sounding board. And you're setting up a scenario where the client can call or text you at any time. Perhaps you've got some kind of response time baked into your service offering. Like I'm, I'll respond within 24 business hours. We can go back and forth on text or if it makes more sense for both of us, we can hop on a call. Pure access. Usually the concern for consultants is, oh no, they're going to take advantage of me. I don't want to offer pure access. We'll talk a little bit more about how to address that here in a little bit. Okay, number two, structured access. So you may have a scenario where you are setting up an advisory retainer and you're, you put some more structure to it. You might say, we're going to do a yearly planning as part of this retainer. We're going to break it down into quarterly strategy and planning. And then we'll have bi-weekly review calls to work against that plan where you, the clients, can access me, the consultants, to answer questions and collaborate and use me as a sounding board. And in addition to that, you might include email. They can email you at any time, but you have a structured response within 48 hours or something like that. And no phone call in this case. That's an example of structured access. And then the last example, the last of the three examples of advisory retainers is the hybrid example. So this is where you might blend together pure access with structured access. So it might look like having these yearly and quarterly strategy and planning sessions, maybe monthly review calls, and then they have access to text you or email you at any time with ad hoc meetings as needed. That would be a hybrid advisory retainer. So those give you some very tangible examples of how retainers can be structured for your clients and structured in the way that you want to do business and the way you want to be spending your time and the way you want to be adding value for your clients. So now that we have the basics underway here with what I mean when I'm saying a retainer and some very tangible examples, let's start with step one of the roadmap to introduce or optimize consulting advisory retainers in your consulting business. Step one of that roadmap is to get clear on the value, to get clear on the value of your retainer. While I just shared with you those examples of what could be included in a retainer, that is not the value. Those are features, right? Those are features of how you would structure a retainer. But the true value of you providing a retainer, it's really important to get clear on that true value because that's what you are going to use to figure out how to sell this to your client and why they would want it. Because at the end of the day, they're not buying access to you. They're not even reserving your capacity. What they are doing is buying reduced risk, 
the ability to talk with you and leverage your experience to reduce risk in whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish. They're buying fast speed to market or increased revenue because they're able to leverage your experience and expertise to think about things differently and potentially increase their own revenue, increase their own profitability because they have access to you and your experience. They're also buying intangible things like peace of mind or greater confidence. For example, if you might be working with a client who is newer to their role, their ability to have you as a sounding board, someone who's external, who they can really open up to, you know, express where they are feeling shaky, where they're not feeling confident, where they're second guessing themselves, which is so common for anyone in a leadership type position, let alone someone in a brand new role. Imagine having that kind of external sounding board who isn't going to create any political risk internally. You're that external advisor who can give them that benefit of your knowledge, the benefit of your external perspective, and to provide them with more peace of mind and greater confidence. So think about this first step, which is designing your retainer and getting very clear on what the value would be. And you can do this at the macro level. What is the value of the type of advisory that I do for clients? And then at the individual level, what is the value for a particular client that I might be selling this to? So this is where you want to get very clear on the value proposition so that then you can build out what the offer looks like, both by way of value proposition and then also some of those features that we were just talking about a minute ago. How do you want to be doing business? Do you want to be on call all of the time? For me, with this one corporate client, I am on call most of the time, but that client knows that I also have a very full calendar. And there are times where we cannot get on the calendar in the same day. And they understand that. So we may text back and forth until we both have you know availability that matches up. If you're going with pure access, you don't have to drop everything in order to be valuable to that client. In fact, not always being available at the drop of the hat can be very valuable to a client because it also forces them to maybe ask for your help, take a minute, think through things, take the uh, pressure and urgency off of it, clear their head a little bit. And then the next day or the day after that, when you are available to work with them, is a more productive conversation. So that's what I was talking about earlier when I was referencing that so many consultants feel nervous to offer this type of just pure access because we're worried that that we should wait by the phone. And if we don't answer it, then somehow we're failing on what that particular type of retainer is. And that just doesn't have to be the case. Pure access doesn't mean 24 by 7 immediate access. It means that you are not selling any other structure. You're giving them access and the value of that access. And if you can think about it in the sense of, even if you're not immediately available, how is that a benefit to the client? Like I just described to you, it can start to unlock and reduce those worries that you might have about a client's quote unquote, taking advantage of you. Okay, so step number two, create your go-to-market strategy, right? 
So first we're going to design your retainer, or if you've already got a retainer, I would go back and really re-look at it from a value perspective. What is the value proposition? If it isn't access to you, what is it? And then secondly, you want to create your go-to-market strategy. So let's first talk about with a go-to-market strategy, you want to be thinking about who are my ideal clients for this type of retainer and getting very clear on that. There may be some types of clients that aren't the best types of clients for you to offer an advisory to. For example, a lot of times consultants will start off offering advisory services to existing clients or past clients because you really know how they operate. You can anticipate what level of responsiveness, you can anticipate what types of questions they would have. It's so good to start off with a known client so that you can use that to get very clear on who that ideal potential client is and how you can qualify them to decide if you want to offer a retainer or not. I've had my own advisory retainer type clients in the past, and I've also had clients with advisory type clients who are those clients where you kind of dread them calling you because you know that it's not going to be as productive as you would like it to be. It's a little bit sloppy. For example, I was thinking back to one of my past clients and they were just at a space in their company. This was a corporate client of mine, not a uh, coaching client, but they were at a space when I was doing advisory work for them where they just wanted someone to ask every question of, to give them the answers to, and to really rely upon me to take all the risk out of their minds. That if I told them it was right, then it was right. Versus them getting to the place where they felt very comfortable making, you know, leading and using me as a sounding board, making decisions and using me as someone who can help really figure out what they might've missed. You see the difference there? And so sometimes as you do this more and more often, you will get to the place where you know how to qualify those ideal clients. So that's going to be an important part of your go-to-market strategy is starting to define what those ideal clients look like. I'll give you another example. I've had several independent consultant clients who are offering retainers to their own corporate clients. And hopefully this is making sense, this example. So we have independent consultants who I work with as their coach. They're offering retainers to their own clients. And one of the traps that consultants often hit is when a client thinks that they're more of a extra pair of hands. They think that your retainer means that you're kind of on call to do anything they need you to do. And so that's another scenario where up front, you can be defining what are these ideal potential clients and what are they looking for? Why are they looking for retainer advisory type services? What is the likelihood that they're going to try to turn me into just extra capacity? And so thinking about it from this upfront go-to-market strategies is really important. But then at the same time, it's really important to be able to help the client understand throughout the sales process and ultimately in the way that you're setting up expectations and managing those expectations so that they know you're not an extra pair of hands, that you know that you're not an extra pair of hands in order to add value and you're truly there for an advisory perspective. So hopefully that gives you a couple of really good examples of 
scenarios where you want to be thinking about what is my ideal client and how would I qualify them so that I am leveraged for advisory and not leveraged for things like staff augmentation or someone to basically lean on to give all the answers to and not feel like you're having to take on the risk of failure, essentially. That's a good way to say it. Okay, so that's the first thing you want to do in your go-to-market strategy. Next, you want to be thinking about how do you generate demand? How do you generate demand for your retainer offering? And so I'll share with you four here, four ways to generate demand. But one of the very best ways, which is the first of those four, is to offer this as a follow-on type engagement for existing clients. Again, you already know those clients. You know what they're going to be asking you and the type, the nature of the support that they need. And so that can give you a head start on this type of qualification we were just talking about. The second way to generate demand is as an add-on option to an engagement. So for example, if you are selling consulting work and you are offering you know, one or two or three options to a client for you to help them figure out what's going to make the most sense for them to move forward with, one of the options, like option three, could include some retainer services and that you know bumps up your pricing and it bumps up the ability of the client to succeed because they've got more access to you that's ad hoc potentially. So think about who might I sell this to as follow-on work for existing or past clients? Who might I sell advisory retainers to? Or include? how might I include advisory retainers as a add-on option or an option in my proposals and my sales process? The third one is you can leverage a retainer as a tool to address scope creep. So let's think about it the opposite way. You've signed an existing engagement and you're doing all the work that you had agreed to. But on top of that, the client is constantly asking you for strategy support or even coaching type support. And you're doing that because you love it and you know you can be helpful to them. But you, I would consider really thinking about that. This is beyond the scope of what we agreed, but I know it's so valuable to you as the client and saying to them, you know, I also offer a retainer and that's really what we're doing here. So let's talk about if that's what makes sense to you or for you. So that's one way you can message that with your own clients as a tool to address scope creep. So that's the third way to generate demand. And then the fourth way, which is more advanced, is as a leading offer or a standalone offer where you're going out and meeting new clients and one of your offerings to those clients right out of the gate are retainers, an advisory retainer. That's a great way to do it. You want to just be thinking about, it's oftentimes hard to start off that way. So if you can start off with one of those other options I just shared with you, like follow-on work or an augmentation to an engagement or a way to address scope creep and learn about who your ideal clients are, how you need to qualify them, how you can describe the value to those clients, and then start turning that into a standalone offer that you're selling to brand new clients. So those are different ways to generate demand for your advisory retainer offering. And then as we're wrapping up here with the go-to-market strategy, the last component of this, we've talked about figuring out who your ideal client is. We've talked about generating demand. And now you want to be building out your sales process and your sales account plan for each prospect that you have in your queue, in your pipeline. 
as you're building out your sales process and account plan, think about things like what outcomes are they wanting to achieve? So if they're not buying access to me, it's not about access. It's about why they need the access. So ask yourself and start building out the questions that you need to be asking your potential advisory clients, what challenges they're having, how those would map to what your advisory would provide to them and understanding at a deeper level why they need the advisory type work, what they're not getting now, what they're afraid to share internally because of the political ramifications. Just really building out those set of questions that you need to be asking in the discovery process so that you can get really clear on what the value of the retainer would be. And then this is a little bit of a hack. Ask yourself also, what do you think their objections or pushback will be? as you're building out your sales process? What do you think the objections or the pushback of my ideal clients would be? And the reason why I say this is a hack is when you ask that question and answer it, what do you think their objections or pushback will be? That helps you to see where your objections and pushback is. That helps you to see where you're not fully sold on the value of your own offer. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. If you've listened to previous episodes, you've got to be sold on your own offer first. You can't delegate responsibility to your potential clients to make you feel more confident or make you feel more valuable. That's your job. You've got to feel confident and clear and valuable before you're going into the sales cycle. So then they, they're able to adopt those feelings from you, the confidence the clarity, the level of value. That's your job. So that's a little hack to figure out where you have gaps in your own belief about the value of your offer so you can address that from a mental perspective. And that leads us into the third and last step of the roadmap to advisory retainers in your consulting business. The one I was teasing you with earlier. The third step of the roadmap to advisory retainers is to get into an advisory headspace. And this is really infused throughout, you know, designing and creating your go-to-market strategy and executing your go-to-market strategy and delivering against your retainer. I said this is the most important part because you're going to have to get into a headspace that it's okay to be paid to not work that it's okay to be compensated for being accessible, that time does not create value. And I know we talk about that all the time, but this is really where the rubber hits the road because you're not producing deliverables unless you're doing some kind of a hybrid potentially. There may be nothing to physically, tangibly show for what it is that you're doing. And so you're going to have to build this advisory mentality Otherwise, you're going to be grasping for work to do for the client. You're going to be grasping for the client to talk to you. You're going to be grasping for validation from the client, which then creates a dynamic where you are an extra pair of hands, where they do see you as someone who adds capacity for them and where you are diluting your impact as someone who's a true advisor. So this is where it's really important throughout all of the work that you're doing, designing your offer, selling your offer, delivering your offer, to know what that is for you. What is the advisory headspace? What is the advisory mindset? 
and then to be thinking about yourself and thinking about your client from that perspective. So here are a few ways to do that. It's really about building your trusted advisor identity. One of the ways to do that, there are many, this is one of the things I work with my own clients on. Think about someone that you respect who does advisory type work. So you might know someone from the past. For example, you know, you might have a former colleague who does advisory type work now. Think about that person if you respect them. Or think about, you might have been in corporate and had consultants who came in and some of them were in more of an advisory fashion. Or for me, sometimes I think about the CFO at my old company. He was had a role at the company, obviously, as a CFO. But I would say probably 10% of his time was dedicated to CFO type tangible work. And 90% was advisory to the CEO and then to the rest of us on the executive team to help us with decisioning and also to help us deal with the CEO, (laughs) which was incredibly valuable for everyone. So think about for you, who might that be? Someone you respect who does advisory type work. Again, the examples I gave you are, some of them are very pure. This is definitely an advisory type consultant and others like that old CFO, even though that wasn't his title, that's what he was doing. So think about someone you respect who does advisory or has done advisory type work. And then imagine what are they thinking about themselves? For example, that my past, my former CFO friend, he's a friend too, He wasn't thinking like, oh no, no one's calling me. I'm probably not valuable. He wasn't thinking, I better check in with my client to see how they're feeling about me. And if they still think I'm valuable to them, I haven't heard from them in a week or so. He wasn't thinking, I better go create some PowerPoints to prove my value. He wasn't thinking any of that. He was thinking, and I'm sure he does to this day, like, My advice is incredibly valuable. And when the CEO needs me or one of these other executives need me, they'll be in touch. He wasn't looking for anyone else to validate whether he was valuable or not. The second question you can ask yourself is, what do you imagine that person is thinking about what their clients need? So part of that example I just gave you touches on that. So the questions are, what do you imagine they're thinking about themselves? What do you imagine they're thinking about what their clients need? and want. And then ask yourself, what's the difference between how you're thinking about yourself and your clients and how you imagine they're thinking? And see that delta. Likely, if you're in the space listening to this podcast right now, you either haven't yet introduced advisory services, but you want to, or you've introduced advisory services and you're wanting to optimize them. There's a gap. If you aren't selling all the advisory services you want to be selling for the amount you want to be selling them, whenever you want to be selling them, there is a gap. And the gap comes from, first and foremost, the way you're thinking about yourself and what kind of trusted advisor you are and where your value comes from. The gap comes from the way you're thinking about your clients and what they need from you and what they value and how you can give them value, and what value is and isn't. And your ability to identify what that gap is and start filling in the gap, your mindset gap, by thinking the way that a successful advisory consultant thinks ahead of time, 
and getting yourself into that headspace to build up your own self-concept as a trusted advisor, that's what's going to make the difference between success and either never pursuing the advisory offering that you've been wanting to pursue or putting it in place and then it not going the way that you want it to go. That makes the biggest difference. So that's why we're ending on this today. So I'll recap and then I'll give you two ways to put this episode into action. First of all, as a recap, the three steps are get clear on the design of your retainer. What is the value of your retainer? Then build out your go-to-market strategy. We talked about ways to generate demand. We talked about getting clear on your ideal client, who they are and who they aren't. And we talked about creating a sales process to elicit value from that client to understand what they value and what they don't value and what they need help with and what kinds of questions and support and advice and blind spots that they anticipate or they don't even notice that they have that you can offer to them. And then thirdly, getting into that trusted advisor headspace. So that is what the three steps are for your roadmap to advisory. And as we wrap up today, I will remind you to go take the independent consultants retainer readiness assessment. It's at IC, the two letters IC retainer.com. And then of course, reach out for help. If you're at the place where you want to be adding retainer or optimizing retainers in your consulting business, this is something I can help you with. Let's talk about whether coaching would be a good fit for you so that you can make more money, have that recurring revenue, more predictability and visibility into your revenue, more profitable revenue. And I would love to help you do that. So you can book a call with me at consultmelissa.com. My name is spelled M-E-L-I-S-A. So it's consultmelissa.com. All right, great to be with you here today. And I will see you again next week. Take care. Thanks for joining me this week on the Grow Your Independent Consulting Business podcast. If you liked today's episode, I have three quick next steps for you. First, click subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to make sure you don't miss future episodes. Next, leave me a review in your podcast app so other independent consultants can find and benefit too. And finally, to put the ideas from today's episode into action, head over to melissalieberman.com for the show notes and more resources to help you grow your consulting practice from your first few projects into a full-fledged business. See you next week.